0: What's up mom and dad on this week's episode of the Raising Competitors podcast, I welcome in Pac-12 beach volleyball coach Priscilla Tallman. Uh Welcome back, Mom and Dad. Summer is almost over, school is almost back, but we are still competing every day to raise the next generation of competitors. I'm glad you're here today. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm a speaker and the founder at Compete Every Day, and I get to be your host here on the Raising Competitors podcast. I'm excited to welcome to the show today Priscilla Tallman. Priscilla and I met a number of years ago, actually, at the CrossFit Games in Dallas. Uh, hit it off, became great friends because of our shared mindset around team, championship mindsets, cultures, and conversations around these topics. Priscilla is a beach volleyball coach in the Pac-12, and she was also a guest on episode 50 of the Compete Everyday podcast back in February 2018. So you can check out that past episode from season two to learn more about her journey, how she's built a championship mindset in her teams, But today we dive into her experience coaching high school players coaching college players and being a parent of two Uh, we discuss growth mindset uh, stress anxiety developing a daily practice of journaling and, and focus and why athletes today need help channeling and boxing their emotions so that when you step onto the field you're not being distracted by a thousand things but on the same side when you step off of the field You allow those emotions to come into play. You don't box them up and keep them hidden. So today is a fantastic conversation. I'm going to challenge you to check out more of her work at the Reset Group. Uh, We'll have links to it below in the show notes, but there's a number of resources, uh, products that you can order specifically for you and your child uh, to help them throughout this upcoming school and athletic year. Now, let's welcome to the show. Let's get to raising these competitors with Priscilla Talk. Priscilla, welcome to the show today. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm excited to have you on the Raising Competitors podcast. Uh, For the parents listening that have been avid listeners of the Compete Every Day show, uh, we had the opportunity to sit down during season two and talk a little bit about your work around the mindset around developing youth athletes, college athletes. Um, And so today I want to have just kind of a deeper dive conversation into that for the parents listening and the coaches listening. First, before we kind of get going, let's set the table. Tell us a little bit about yourself and background, because you have a pretty extensive background from a coaching and athletic career.
1: Yes, so um, I started my volleyball career at the age of nine, and um, I actually was mostly a single sport. I know that's uh, frowned upon these days, but mostly a single sport athlete. Um, All through club and high school, I ended up playing at the University of Georgia, uh, where I became a two-time All-American, a statistical leader for the NCAA. And then I was in 2006 inducted into the Circle of Honor at the University of Georgia. Um, after my playing career, I did take a break. I had um, got married, had some children, spent time raising my children. And um, then about three years ago, I started coaching again at the high school level. And I'm currently coaching a uh, club And I coach in the Pac-12 as a beach volleyball uh, volunteer assistant.
0: So you've obviously, from the playing side, coaching high school, coaching college, you've seen kind of the run of the gamut. You've been on both sides of the fence as an athlete. The space, I feel like, has changed dramatically in the last not only 10 years, maybe five years, with ongoing social media and everything from an athlete standpoint, Where if something went wrong, we used to think the world was ending, even though maybe a hundred people knew about it. Now people are posting about it, talking about it. It does disappear faster, but not to the individual. How are you helping, uh, I guess from your high school days, let's talk about first, how were you able to kind of help those athletes focus on the court and what they controlled versus just being distracted by everything on social media that's going on in the world around
1: them? Yeah. Um, you know, the two years I was coaching high school, we had a really unique group of kids. Um, they were not obsessively on social media. I mean, they did the Snapchat they were on the bus the whole time, Snapchatting each other, that kind of thing. But it was actually a really unique group of kids. And I believe it came from the culture that had been created in the program before I even got there. And so I stepped into a really good situation where there was always already this, um, this functioning culture that focused on character and work ethic and attitude and effort and things of that nature. The coach that I was actually working with had, had been developing her culture before I got there. So I really did step into a great situation. Um, it was more of the team-oriented type stuff, work ethic, effort, attitude, and uh, there was no like, this kid's a franchise player or this kid's a star. It really was just a complete uni- unified group of kids. So
0: that's, that's a unique situation that, that maybe not all parents uh, are able to relate to, I should say. And so especially at the high school level, you've got school and then you also have outside club and you, you sometimes have a little more control on the club side. What are some things that you would encourage your high school athletes, uh, especially those that were playing outside of your control on other teams? What would the things that you would tell their parents to look for in a coach or a program that would at least be beneficial to them in the long run, even if it didn't guarantee immediate starting time.
1: Yeah, I think that is a a really big um, point that you hit because when you are coaching high school, you, you get who comes in the doors. And I don't think um, you have the, the opportunity to really hand select who you wish you had. You select from the people who come through the door. And I think that's a huge thing that parents need to understand is that um, it is much different. You have, you have tryouts and all that kind of thing but but it's not a paying population it's kids who are just coming in from the the neighborhoods local neighborhoods and something that I love that we did at the high school level is that you can keep kids who maybe are not as talented um but contribute in so many other ways like with their grades or with the the what they bring to the practice every day um that's such a huge thing and i think uh club parents will sometimes look at the high school team and say Well, that person is taking, you know, reps from my kid's practice, but yet they're bringing that, that kid might be bringing something amazing. And in the high school world, you have the ability to give a kid who may not have a chance to give them something, a chance of that nature.
0: Now you have kiddos too?
1: I do. I have an eight year old uh, girl and an 11 year old boy.
0: So it's always a fine line sometimes being the kid of a coach. Uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, I always remembered that my head coach, uh, in football, especially, uh, his kid was a a few years younger than me. He played on the team, but the coach was always like, listen, you're going to have to be far and away better than Mm. anyone else at your position. So it never looks like I'm giving you favoritism. I'm curious though, from just the parenting growing up standpoint, because you, you are someone that embodies the leadership. You're all about growth mindset, uh, pursuing learning a lifelong learning attitude that isn't necessarily common among a lot of individuals. And so I'm curious from your perspective as a parent, not a coach, what you do to teach and instill that growth mindset and that idea of constantly learning in your two kids.
1: Yeah, that, that's an interesting dynamic. So, um, the, the, my favorite part, first of all, is, is being a sports parent. I, I love watching my kids do something and learn and get better. It is amazing. So I look out there sometimes, I'm like, whose kid is that? Because I don't, didn't teach them anything. Like, especially They both play sports that I don't know and I, I have never played. Um, and so that part of that has been such a blessing, um, just to watch them. I also think being a coach has helped me not coach my children. Um, I don't have any desire to do that because I've already gotten it out somewhere else. Like (laughs) I've already coached enough people during the day that I don't need to go watch my kids game and feel like I have to coach them. Um, having said that we do embody a growth mindset in our home. Um, we have language for, um, what learning is. We have language for our emotions We have, my husband and I have worked pretty hard to create some of those things where we do have teaching moments where we're saying, Hey, is that, were you, you know, anxious? Did you feel anxious or did you feel excited? Or maybe did you feel both? You know, some of those things that, um, we keep that language in our home, um, intentionally so that they, they, they can separate some of those things as athletes and as, you know, for mom and dad as well.
0: Well, and one of the things that you just described there in your example that I want to hammer home for the parents is the importance of you ask questions. That it's very easy for us sometimes on the outside, on the sidelines to say, hey, you should do this. You need to do this. Why aren't you doing this? Versus asking, what were you thinking in that moment? What were you feeling in that moment? What made you do this over that? Which starts to create conversation, which sometimes as a parent is one of the more difficult things is getting the kids to talk to you. And so have y'all always gone um, in terms of creating those conversations? Is that something your coaching background and your playing background has been very beneficial for?
1: It has. I think actually that the big change came when I started coaching and I started to realize how much parent interaction I was getting. And I'm like, wait, I don't want to be that same parent for some other coach. And so I really, um, we've really worked hard, um, you know, arranging where we sit, you know, um, having self-discipline as parents. Cause I think, I think it's just, it, that, that is what it is, is having a, the self-discipline as a parent to say they have good coaches. And if they don't have good coaches, I'm a consumer, so I can go somewhere else, but, but really like trusting the process of what they're doing and taking the focus off of the, um, outcome, which we all know, like outcome versus, you know, process, um, helping them have like, letting just letting them have fun, like, like really not going over every single thing after practice. So my eight and 11 year old can enjoy being kids. And when the time comes and we're getting close with the 11 year old, when the time comes, uh, for him to start asking us to help him, then we will, but we kind of are letting him lead that process. Cause like I said, he's got great coaches.
0: So for the parents listening that maybe they they don't really know what a good coach is or a bad coach. And and I say that because we have a handful of parents here that have been around youth sports a lot, probably played, but some didn't. And some would initially maybe view playing time as a good coach or a bad coach for my kid when that really isn't uh, what you look for. And so I'm curious, just from your experience on high school, college across the board, what are a couple of characteristics that you think parents should look for in a good coach Uh, as well as a a few points that may be a little more of a a warning sign just to watch um, out for?
1: Yeah, that is a great question. Uh, The the biggest thing I look for is, is my kid having fun? Is my kid still having fun? So I don't necessarily look at the coach because um, I know that when my kid comes home, he can talk to us. If it's a really bad situation, both of them can come home and say, that guy or that girl or whatever, I'm, I'm not into that. Or if they, they say, I don't want to play anymore. That's always a really good sign for me if, if one of my children is saying, oh, I don't really want to go to practice. We know it's either, either time to move on or something else is, is needs work in that situation. Um, so the big thing I think for parents to see is, is my, my child still having fun? And if we are not self-aware as mom and dad to see that and ask those questions in our kids, then, then we're going to miss so many things. We're going to miss... Um, if we're too busy, like after the game coaching, we're going to miss whether or not there's that sparkle in their eye or, Hey, did you have fun in the dugout? Like, what'd you guys talk about? Um, that kind of thing. Um, the warning signs, again, I would say I, am not necessarily the coach. I mean, obviously if you have a, a raging screaming coach, um, some of those things or demeaning words or, um, you know, watching your kid run suicides at the age of nine, because because they didn't listen, which what nine-year-old listens that well. Um, those are some of the things that on my own personal level that I'm like, well, I don't know about that, but, but my, my son has had to do all that stuff and he's, he's never lost a twinkle. So in his eye and my daughter continues to want to to play her sport. So that's kind of where I go first is what, what's that look like for my kid?
0: That's awesome. I I had a conversation with a guy the other day, that's a baseball agent and, and his kid, uh, he had a problem with the coach and it wasn't the, the actual kids playing time. It wasn't anything. He, it was, the coach was just kind of sitting over the side barking orders and yeah. a coach on the other side of the court um was more Euro European style. And he was in the middle and saying, this is how we move and teaching and coaching. And, and so the coach was like, listen, I need that guy. Like I want that coach working yeah. with our kid because he's teaching him I don't care if he doesn't play. I just want him to be taught the game and have fun. Uh, And so it's really beneficial to hear that knowing your experience. A a lot of the work that you do, I I know we talked a little bit about uh, off air about some of your performance mindset work and some of the work you're doing with athletes to really help them focus. Um, We recently interviewed uh, Hannah Huseman of the Philadelphia Phillies, who's their mental performance coach. And we talked about her work with pro players what she's doing in visualization, uh, self-awareness, which is a huge one. Mm -hmm. I know that's a big area of focus for you too. And so I'm curious, especially at that young age, I don't feel like I had a clue of my self-awareness. What are some things that you're encouraging players and parents to do to help them develop that self-awareness, which I've heard repeatedly on the Compete podcast and the Raising Competitors podcast over the next 10 to 15 years, like that is going to be the biggest differentiator in people's careers, not athletically, professionally is having that self-awareness. And so what are things that you're doing with players and parents to help them start to develop that or start to be more aware of who they are and and the things that are going on in their world as well as their thoughts?
1: Yeah. So that's, um, that's right. Because we, you know, we, I've been working with the reset group um, this summer. We did four workshops in Southern California. um, A lot of football uh programs baseball programs just um phenomenal coaches out there who are bringing all of these conversations together um like yourself and i think like you're saying over the next 20 years this is going to be it Um, you know one of the questions i ask is if you and somebody else equally you guys have a 400 pound back squat and you're just as fast and you're just as talented what's the edge that you can get and it's always that mental performance that mental edge that you can get Um, what I have loved about coaching youth all the way to college is seeing where it begins. And when you get a college freshman, you can kind of work backwards and say, where did this break down? You know, we, we had some um, college freshmen who had some, you know, performance issues. And you just for me, I'm the kind of person that's kind of always thinking, where did this, this kind of stress and this pressure begin? And I think a lot of it does come from, from youth sports. So um, with the Reset Group, we do encourage uh, journalists. And so that is the self-awareness piece that is beginning to have the language of what is it I'm feeling at one out of 10, how is my day going? You know, um, I think athletes, high level athletes have to learn to shut down their emotions in order to perform well. You can't go onto the field at the highest level carrying a hundred different things in your mind or you literally have to shut that out. Um, The problem happens when you don't have the awareness off the court and you start shutting off your, all the emotions, you shut out everything there and you go off the court and then you shut it all off there too. And so the journaling and the mindset work helps us to become self-aware um, outside of the of the, the playing field, off the court, outside of the swimming pool, whatever that is, that, that we can now have a language for all of that process work outside of that. So that when we go onto the field, we can be in our flow state. We can kind of be in that um, place where we're just going. So,
0: And I love the fact that Uh, your journal and and the program that y'all offer uh, through Reset that will soon hopefully be available online is it's not when you're saying journaling, like my head immediately goes to like English class of like, Oh my gosh, I got to write paragraphs. And it's not that it's, it's quick thoughts. It's helping you process the emotion, rank out your feeling throughout the day, which in turn helps the parent in, in asking questions and creating those conversations which as any parent knows, you just want to strengthen that relationship, especially when kids are eight to 18 and the last person they want to hang out with or talk to is mom and dad. Mom and dad usually are just looking for a great way to have a connection. And so this sounds like it's something that helps build that relationship too, in terms of conversation starters.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, And you're right. Journaling is like people think it's like, Oh, it's my diary and I'm writing about my boyfriend and my, (laughs) my fights with my friends or whatever. Um, and really it's easy to facilitate. I facilitate this in my, um, club groups all the time. and It's not necessarily in a spiral notebook or whatever, but we put journaling questions up on the whiteboard every practice, like what's your wild crazy goal or, Hey, what can you control? What can you not control? Um, who are three people that support you in your life? Uh, it's basically these, all of these, um, you know, kind of psychology mindset, uh, performance type things. So they have a framework for their language, um. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's the biggest thing is that it isn't this big, scary thing. It's prompts. It's very quick. They're fill in the blanks. Um, it helps kids, um, understand what they're feeling, but then, you know, like my 11 year old and my eight year old, again, they're in a home with someone who does this, so (laughs) they're doing it, but, but it does, it, it, it does help, um, have some of those conversations that may or may not come up normally.
0: So I want to throw you a little bit of a curveball as a mental performance and coach. And I'm curious, because in our own experiences and own lives, we encounter some trials, some struggles, there's areas that maybe we're not aware in for me, for instance, like, I thought I had a good work ethic and growth mindset until I got old enough to look back and realize, no, I had none. uh, And I avoided certain challenges uh, for many reasons, fixed mindset being one. I'm curious, like at this stage in your life, being a parent, being a collegiate coach, looking back on your playing career, where you might have struggled mentally in certain areas that you're now aware of and and focused on helping others skip that?
1: Uh, Yeah, does everywhere? (laughs) (laughs) answer? Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, you know what? It's funny. I was never like the talented athlete who just kind of did it and got good. Um, I I had to work so hard at what I accomplished. And so, um, I would say definitely through college, some very undiagnosed anxiety and, um, stress and pressure that I really was not truly aware of until now I'm adult and thinking like, wow, I was a, a child. I was a kid, um, who had, a lot of pressure on me to perform well consistently Um, I thought that was hard work but that was something else probably driving me to do that I look back also one of my main goals as a player was to become an Olympian and now that I am past playing and I know several Olympians I look back and think like I had no way I could have done that those people are so special they have so, there's something so different about people who make it to the Olympics. So I look back and I think like, I was such a hard worker and like, I had it, I should have been in the Olympics. And I'm like, no way. Cause I know personally know several Olympians and it's like, those are some special people. So yeah, I, I mean, I did, I think what I the best I could do with what I knew at the time. Um, but yeah, knowing what I know now, I, I so wish I had some of this uh, performance training and to, to handle the anxiety of, of being an athlete. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and I love the fact that you mentioned earlier, the conversations are becoming more and more prevalent, uh, which is what's needed because, you know, I think back to my just even high school career in, in East Texas, I mean, that was 2000 to 2002. You're looking at sophomore to senior year and mentally I, I thought I was prepared. Not at all. And I think that's for all of us. The older we get, the more we learn, the more we realize mom and dad might be right. But there's more conversations around it now which help kids from a younger age. And and honestly, the point of these conversations help the parents in how to help the kids, teaching them different avenues, different people to follow more educational spaces. Priscilla, for people that wanna learn a little bit more about your work, uh, maybe the Reset Group, maybe some of the online programs and and offerings, products you guys are gonna have and, and be developing and sharing where can they go to find out more and and really get connected with you?
1: Um, Let me, let me, I want to, I want to touch really quick on what you were talking about how uh, for the parents. And then I'll, I'll answer that. Um, You know, I think um, a lot of times we can look at this next generation. I think they're called iGen or Gen Z and we can look at them and say, man, kids these days, or they don't have the work ethic or, or they don't have this, they don't have that. And, and honestly, I love, I love, love that I've gotten to work with this generation. They are Awesome! Like there are some really cool kids in this generation, some amazing athletes. Um, The cool thing I like about them is while while they are more connected on their phones, and that's kind of more of their conversation, the way they connect, they have language for this stuff already, because they're being raised in homes with parents who have language for this stuff. And uh, that's what I think is the difference is that in my home growing up, there wasn't language for any of this. And so you go through thinking you just have to like work harder, and like you know pull yourself up from your bootstraps and really the beautiful thing about these kids is they they know what all this stuff is and so all we have to do is continue to kind of push the needle forward and move them forward so that you know it's not like you know the the kids who just want to to be participating and like well I'm here so don't I get to start yep um, it's it's there's so much already there for us to work with so i always i I like to say that because i think generationally i think we do have some amazing uh, people that I've been you know privileged to coach that's so,
0: awesome okay uh, so okay. where can we find out more <laughs> on like where can we learn more about this the reset group get connected parents listening they're like I need more of Priscilla in my life on a weekly basis where can we find you <laughs> all
1: right so uh, we have the reset group is um, at the reset group on Instagram it is at the real reset on Twitter um, and then we have a Facebook page as well, the reset group, and then um, personally I'm at py tallman, um, and that's my Instagram. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. So what we're hoping to develop is we have a mindset and performance journal that is available online, and um, it's kind of in its beginning stages. There is uh, I've given out to many teams and some some cheerleading groups and some volleyball groups and um, lots of people so they can start working at that. Um, and then we're working on having some supplemental materials as well to go along with the journal and then webinars and all that kind of stuff is coming as well.
0: Super. And we will be linking to all of this information in the show notes. I'm looking at the, the site right now. Um, so we'll link to all of that. So for parents listening, you can click on the link in the show notes on the webpage or just Google it directly. Uh, when you finish driving, if you're listening to this in your car, uh, if you want to learn more about Priscilla, her story, her attitude on just building championship mindsets, check out season two of the compete everyday podcast. It's episode 50 from uh, February of last year, 2018. Uh, Priscilla, today has been so much fun. I definitely want to get you back on the show uh, in the future so we can continue to this conversation.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jake, for having me on and for doing this work. It's absolutely necessary and needed. And I am incredibly grateful for people like you who are keeping this conversation going um, in a very broad way. So thank you.
0: Thanks, Mom and Dad, for tuning in to another episode of the Raising Competitors podcast. As always, to get connected and learn more, check out RaisingCompetitors.com. And be sure to support the show by checking out CompeteEveryday.com. You can find some motivational apparel for yourself, for your kids, great podcasts, and other programs that we offer at Compete Every Day. Until then... Keep instilling in your kids the importance of competing every day and setting them up for success in school, in sports, and in life. This is the Raising Competitors Podcast.